Hey everyone, thanks again for coming back to another episode of Built By. Uh, this week, uh, we're featuring Megan McGuire, who is the Sales and Marketing Director at All Weather Seal West Michigan. And there's a few other positions you have. Consultant at Tony Hody, um, consulting and you own your own business. Yeah, I have my own little consulting uh, deal called Megan Knows Marketing. And then I partner with Tony Hody on anything home improvement uh, related. So perfect. Awesome. Um, cool. So glad to have you on. There's a lot of good stuff um, that I want to dive into. Um, but first, I really want to get to know you and your, kind of your beginnings into the home improvement industry. Um, I think we, we had a chat yesterday and you mentioned you've had 16 years in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to hear how you got into it and um, how you got started in marketing or was it sales that you got started in? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Great questions. Um, my first marketing job ever was when I was 17 years old and I talked my way into a position where we would set appointments for vacation memberships. Mm -hmm. So we would call people who entered to win a truck, an RV, a boat, something of that nature uh, at a mall or some sort of retail location. And we would convert them into sales appointments for our tour guides. So when I was 17, that was my first marketing job. And once I, uh, went there, you know, most teenagers, I I was pretty done with customer service or fast food once I saw the kind of money I could make, you know, just talking to people on the phone. So (laughs) that was the beginning. Um, And then I ended up at my first home improvement company when I was 18. Uh, I worked there for several months and then they went out of business and bounced my paychecks. So (laughs) it was a very interesting experience. They say you win or you, you win or you learn. And I definitely learned that you have to make sure that the company you're working for is on solid ground, right? So, yeah. um, and then, you know, I went in and did a few other things. I did some dispatching and some work with a restoration company. And uh, then I wound up at a large retail operation in the Kalamazoo area. Um, and we were um, doing windows, siding, roofing, bathrooms, things of that nature. So I was at that company for about three years um, and I worked my way up from call center uh, confirmation person to director of marketing in about two years. Um, so I came in and I basically revamped their whole call center um, in terms of lead generation and then uh, took on a very successful Sam's Club program where I had six Sam's Club stores where we were generating leads, built a show and event program. And then that's where I met Tony Hody and uh, built a canvassing program for that company. So uh, I departed from that company in 2000 and uh, 10 or the end of 2009, I should say. And then I wound up here at all weather seal in 2010. So that's kind of my, my journey through the, the ranks, uh, at that company in Kalamazoo, I also learned a lot about 10 step selling process. Um, you know, did a fair amount of ride alongs and did some, uh, window demos and things of that nature. So I was also involved in training, uh, and working with the sales team at that company. So, and that's now kind of what I do at All Weather. So I do a little bit of everything, but um, director of sales and marketing means I'm working with the lead generation managers as well as uh, the sales team. So, Gotcha. Very cool. That's an interesting progression from you started, you said you started in kind of the call center role yeah. um, and then shifted over to marketing and you mm-hmm. learned sales tips along the way. So I'd love to hear, what did you learn that call center role? that you were able to apply in marketing and sales? Was it talking to customers? I'm sure you're finding out a bunch of stuff um, that you can apply there. Absolutely. I mean, in any sort of lead generation marketing in the home improvement industry or otherwise, uh, the approach may change, 
but the process and the system stays the same. So whether it's on the phone, whether if it's at a show or an event or a, you know, a canvassing uh, situation at someone's front door, all of those processes are fairly similar other than the way that you engage the customer in the beginning. So what I learned very early on is that system reigns supreme. And so in a call center, if you don't have a system and you don't have scripts and you don't have a um, you know, plotted out plan in terms of how your call center is going to field leads and operate and develop new leads. Um, you're basically left with a bunch of people sitting at desks winging it, which uh, I think we all know that winging it uh, is not the most effective way to scale a company. So um, <laughs> that would be that would be my biggest uh, biggest takeaway is you have to have a process and a system. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I know we were chatting a little bit yesterday and you mentioned that you helped grow your business from 1.7 million to 10 million. Um, I'm sure in the beginning when you moved to that marketing role, and this is something that a lot of marketers face is limited budget and you have mm -hmm. to get by it. So yeah. facing those two problems, I'm, I'm sure you, you had the same situation. Um, how with the budget that you had, how did you approach, okay, this is how we're going to promote our company. Sure. Those are those are excellent questions and definitely something anyone new in the business should consider, you know, to take something from for sure. So when I got here to All Weather Seal, we really operated off of previous customer referral, um, you know, inbound leads here and there, but we really didn't have any organized marketing set up. When I got here, you had a couple of marketers, they do a couple home shows a year. They go out and knock doors, you know, three, four hours a night a couple nights a week, but there really wasn't an actual lead generation machine and program. And, you know, what most owners, especially when they're at a smaller level, will find a lot of value in is those outbound gener lead generation programs. And the reason being is because you can pay out money today and you can have leads tomorrow. So that's really the idea behind the outbound leads is you're really creating your own destiny. So uh, working with the limited budget, I was actually really blessed when I got here. Um, the owner of my company didn't believe heavily in advertising that I call post and pray, um, post a billboard and pray that the phone rings, send a postcard in the mail and pray that the phone rings, <laughs> uh, radio, TV, all things that you, uh, you know, all things that work and they work well, but usually those are going to be things that cost you a little bit more in the budget in order to get rolling. So what happens is we're forced to find a way to get leads that we can pay out money today and have leads tomorrow. So canvassing is very much that way. Uh, we could you know, start the day with no leads on for tomorrow. And if we have a canvas team in a, a neighborhood, they may end up with you know, 10 next days by the end of the shift. So uh, the attractive part to new businesses is it's very low cost. I mean, all you have is payroll and gas essentially. Um, mm -hmm. But that also goes back to, you know, the other question you had, which was about buy-in. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but knocking doors isn't the most heavily coveted position ever um, in marketing or sales. Yeah. Now, I put my career on the fact that I'm willing to do it. Nobody else is going to. So that's fine by me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, getting the buy-in of your employees is so incredibly important in the very beginning. And one of the ways that I do that specifically is I help them understand that they are selling appointments. And I also help them understand what kind of company we are. And I also educate them on what other type of companies are out there. So, you know, by the end of our training, our mark, our lead generators are so bought into the fact that we're going to take care of the customer that they know that they're helping. 
And so it's a lot easier to do a job with a lot of rejection when you feel like you are a problem solver and you are able to help a consumer. Um, because the last thing that we would ever want is to talk to a homeowner. We aren't able to write the lead for whatever reason, and they end up getting taken advantage of by one of the, you know, cheap Charlies in our industry or, you know, Bubba's Buttcrack Roofing Company. So, um, you know, it's important for our, our marketers to understand that they are helping and they are the wheels of the economy. If we don't, nothing can move until it's sold and nothing can be sold until we give them an estimate and we can't give them an estimate if we don't have leads. So those outbound lead sources really help support bringing in cash flow today. While you may then work on, as you get larger, you may work on other strategies like SEO, you know, and some other things that are more of a, a branding situation, but we can't pay for branding if we don't have cash flow today. So the outbound marketed leads really help to balance that out because it can be so low cost if, if done the right way. And of course, the buy-in is a big, big part of that. Um, you know, the amount of rejection our people are going to face, whether it's leads, whether it's sales in the house, um, the amount of rejection that we get from homeowners is going to be substantial. So, you know, your marketers have to be on a bigger mission than just their paycheck today. And if they aren't, we end up in a position where their excitement about their job doesn't translate over to the homeowner and we need it to. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. Um, you mentioned the balance of inbound and outbound, and we had a conversation about this yesterday. I thought it was really interesting. Um, a lot of companies make the mistake of putting all of their eggs in one basket. And we started talking about, you know, lead aggregators, home advisor, things like that. Um, and you had some pretty, some pretty strong feelings on a direction there, <laughs> if yeah. I remember correctly. Um, but it, it's interesting, the mistake that a lot of home, home improvement companies are making are they're relying too heavily on that lead aggregator. Um, and and you're, you're, since you got into marketing, this was some, you didn't even touch them until what, October of 2019 um, last yeah, year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, lead aggregators, it's, and it's not just lead aggregators. What I should say is that it's important to have a healthy lead mix of inbound and outbound. Now that includes our lead aggregators, our home advisors, Angie's List, Modernize, you know, all these, uh, these new ones that pop up every other day. Mm -hmm. um, but the reality is, is that any company that pigeonholes themselves into being a one trick pony, uh, we leave ourselves very vulnerable. We leave ourselves vulnerable to ups and downs in the economy. Uh, we leave ourselves vulnerable to, you know, what if shows get canceled because of COVID-19, you know? And so there has to be a, a backup plan if you only rely on one lead source and, you know, it goes away tomorrow and those lead aggregators, you know, there's a good chance of that. They, a lot of them get uh, many class action lawsuits right now against lead aggregators for, you know, screwing contractors over. And yes, I, you know, I dealt with HomeAdvisor when they were service magic. I've dealt with, you know, homeimprovementleads.com, all of these different lead aggregators that go back, you know, 10 years even. Um, and I had never, ever found that I could find better leads than I could train people in my call center to create. Mm -hmm. So, I didn't even consider them an option, and I felt that they were um, definitely because some of the bigger ones know that these smaller contractors need them. You know, they take advantage of that to some degree, and so um, yeah. it's just important to have that healthy lead mix of different sources, so that you know, and you can just take a look at you know the coronavirus right now is a great example. Uh, I have clients in consulting that are you know losing their mind. I have you know, friends in the industry who have shut their doors because they don't know how to get leads. And it's just very sad to me. I mean, and, you know, of, of all the companies, 
uh, we get 40% of our leads from shows and events. So that was pretty much gone in blink of an eye. So if we didn't already have other lead generation programs diversified and going, we wouldn't know, you know, what to do and how are we going to get leads for the sales team. So um, luckily we just dumped extra money into other areas that we knew were increasing as a result of COVID. And, you know, we've had plenty of leads. We haven't, uh, I haven't even used, you know, some of the lead aggregators. I haven't used any of them in three or four weeks. We've been overrun with leads. So it's a good problem to have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you mentioned, you know, when COVID hit and you meant 40% of your leads were from events and, and cam- really in-person type of um, you know, uh, canvassing and things like that. Sure. Yep. And when coronavirus hit and obviously everything was being canceled and you mentioned that um, you started pushing your your marketing dollars in the um, areas that you were seeing growth. And one of those you mentioned yesterday was television. So I'd love to hear how you um, came to that conclusion, I'm guessing on, on data and statistics that you were seeing. Um, and, you know, the simple concept of, you know, be where your, your buyer's eyes are, really. Sure. Yeah. And that's really what it boils down to, you know, all marketing and advertising and lead generation, all what it boils down to is one thing, and that's uh, attention. Where is the attention right now? And so the attention in March and April almost always is at shows and events, big home and garden shows in our industry and in our market. Um, You know, that's the go time for the home improvement world. Um, So, you know, when you just kind of get that yanked out from under you, you have to have another plan. So we ended up looking at where is the attention now so first thing to think about is there are more people at home working or at home laid off than ever before Um, and so in that area we have to look at okay how can we capitalize on people actually having free time and actually being home even if they don't necessarily want us in their home how can we capitalize on that So TV was a big one because everyone's watching the news for the latest updates. Uh, Social media is another one. You know, we've we've ran a very successful sweepstakes campaign previously, and we've done some of that since this entire thing happened. Um, And then really diving into some pay-per-click, some paper performance, um, you know, ads with print media. Um, but really just because people are home, people are in their mailbox looking for a stimulus check. So direct mail is getting a response that it's never seen before. So yeah. I shouldn't say never have seen, but you know, I haven't seen since it came out like email in the first year. So yeah, that sort of thing. Interesting. Um, I want to circle back to obviously your beginnings at a call center and you're getting all these inbound leads and, and things are looking up. Um, what it comes down to it, is really that speed to lead that you can get to a lead and your call center is really dependent on that. Um, and I think you mentioned yesterday, like you're seeing under 60 seconds, your call center are getting the leads and that's a amazing time. Um, well, how do you coach your call center? And is it, is it process? Is it rinse and repeat like trainings every month? I'd love to hear how, how you're able to shift that mindset to them um, to sell appointments and not mm-hmm. sell products? Sure. Yeah, no, great questions again. Uh, yeah, so essentially, yes, yes, and yes to all the things that you suggested. You have to have a process. Um, but really, it goes back to the same thing you asked in the beginning, which was the buy-in. Now, with our call center, the reason we convert them at such a high rate and the reason that we have such a, a short response time is because our callers are expected to make outbound calls and field inbound calls. 
So imagine this, you're a call center person and you're calling five, six, seven, eight-year-old leads all day long. And then the phone rings and it's home advisor with someone that wants a quote on Windows. Can you imagine how quick they want to get to that lead? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Because all day they talk to people that didn't really want to talk to them. So, you know, the reality is, is that the reason we convert inbound so well is because we do outbound. Mm -hmm. They they are getting their uh, teeth kicked in more often than they aren't. And then when you give them, you know, some sort of a, a fresher type lead, everyone's excited as heck when it comes in the front door. So, yeah. you know, and, and how do we do that? Yeah. Trainings, coachings. I mean, we script process. If we actually have what we call a, a hot hand report. And what that means is we ran all of our call center lead generators numbers for the last week. And whoever has the best numbers is first in line to field the inbound leads. Oh, and, it wow. goes, and it goes down in a round robin um, after we, you know, get past a certain point. If nobody, if everyone's on the phone, it'll ring to the manager's desk. But um, the first thing we do is we hand that off to our most productive call center person. Because why wouldn't you? I mean, it's just like a sales team. Uh, yeah. If I have a guy who's got a, you know, four and $5,000 NSLI or slug rate, he's going to be getting, you know, the leads and we're going to make sure we keep him fed. And it's the same thing with the call center. Um, those people that do such a great job on those outbound leads, I mean, the chances of them not converting an inbound are slim and none. So right. that's how we are able to, you know, keep that, uh, we're able to keep the lead uh, speed to lead really up there in a at a high number. I mean, people want to get to these leads as quick as possible. So same thing with TV. I mean, when the phone starts ringing, I mean, it's a big emergency for us to get on the lead immediately. And and that's through the buy-in that you were talking about. When we started fielding inbound TV leads, we started fielding inbound lead aggregators. I had uh, a meeting with the entire call center and I just explained to them about these leads and how we're all going to grow and we're all going to make more money as a company, the faster we can convert them. And I threw out some statistics. If you wait over, you know, two minutes on a lead, the chances of you getting a hold of it goes down by X amount. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's, and it's so interesting because when you actually explain to the callers why it's in their best interest to convert these leads as soon as possible, then they do it. It's the same as a customer. People are only going to do what's in their own best interest. So um, it's important for us to, to help our callers understand the, the crucial role they play in fielding those, those inbound leads that are so valuable to us. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. And talking about stats, I saw one today that's like, you're, you're 21 times more likely to close a lead if you get to them within a minute. Oh, um, absolutely. I mean, it's not higher. I'm surprised it's not higher than that, honestly. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And, um, you know, speed to lead is one thing that, that the industry is, is really starting to come around to. And um, it's a, it's really interesting to hear how you're creating that like sense of urgency within your own call center by putting a little competition, a little healthy competition in there. Absolutely. Yeah. Which every good sales team, I feel like is there's some level of competition that drives everyone to be better. It's Agreed. Rising tide lifts all boats. Absolutely. And one more thing on the lead aggregators I wanted to mention too, um, you know, with my, con the consulting side of my business that I do, you know, often I'll, I'll go into these companies and I'll find out where their leads are coming from currently. And a lot of times it's home advisor and then they complain about home advisor and they say home advisor stinks or they have this opinion. And my first question is, while that could be the case and that could be true, is it possible we're not handling the lead properly? Right. Um, if I mystery shop you and the phone rings 18 times and sends me to a voicemail, um, you know, and I'm somebody from Home Advisor calling, uh, you know, there's an issue. Or Home Advisor will send you a uh, text or an email or a call link, all of the above when a lead comes in. 
Um, so often we will say this or that lead source doesn't work. They all can work. It's yeah. just what cost. And the other part is, is are you doing your part as a company to field it properly? Because if you're not getting to home advisor leads in the first five minutes, you shouldn't even do it. Right. Get to them, I mean, it's just, it's, it's a waste of money because you're not going to get in front of enough of them. Um, but you know, it's, it's one of those things that you kind of have to go in and solve for X. If you're not getting your return on any lead source, I mean, you have to look at, you know, is our process good? And if it is, and it's working, then, you know, why aren't we producing at the level that we're, you know, our targets and goals are at. So, yeah, that's interesting. Um, the, the coaching aspect of your call center, um, are, are you sitting down like monthly and having kind of, uh, you know, monthly sit downs and, and chatting about um, some of the conversations they had? Is it conversation visibility? Is it more just looking at the numbers? Um, I'd love to hear your process there. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. We have weekly one-on-ones with each calling person in our call center and in each marketer in general. Mm-hmm. Um, what that means is the manager of that department, which the, I manage the managers essentially, and they manage their people, but we have a process put in place called plan and review, which means we're going to review your numbers from last week. We're going to look at how many calls you made, how many calls you made contact with, how many calls didn't answer, how many calls you set, how many calls you resulted as callback because you couldn't close the appointment on the first call. And then we look at once the ones they have set get on the board, what happened to them? Did they all cancel because they felt pressured? Did they all convert into demos and sales because they were set up well and properly? Um, Do we have a, a fall off on issue rate because these people aren't answering the confirmation call? There's several different metrics that we look at in order to change what's being said on the front end to produce the results we want. So we'll sit down with a one-on-one in a plan and review session is what we call it. And we look at those numbers um, and then we talk to them about how they feel like it's going. Uh, We do a lot of question-based reviews. And what I mean by that is if I just go in guns a-blazing and say, hey, look, little Sally, uh, you aren't making any calls. Looks like you're talking to your neighbor a little too much. Mm -hmm. That's just me telling them what to do. What's more important to me is to show them how they can build their own paycheck and make pretty much whatever kind of money they want to if they just set enough appointments and they set them the right way so the metrics convert. So I will ask them, how do you think it's going? You know, because it's just like a customer. It doesn't matter really what I think. What matters is what they think. Yeah. Because what they think is what's influencing their behavior daily and their work ethic. So, um, you know, we sit down and we ask, how do you think it's going? What do you think are your strong points? What do you think are some of your challenges or your weaknesses? And then most importantly, what can I do or what can we do to help you get to the numbers that you need to get to? And so we ask a lot of questions and um, we're able to get to a lot. I think our employees really see it as valuable. And the reason being is because we don't just go in there and attack. Our job is to go in there and problem solve and uh, help them become the best marketer or lead generator that they can be. They have a certain amount of appointments that they have to sell every single day. So that's amazing. That, that's such a really interesting and awesome like coaching technique. I mean, you're, you're building it's having them build themselves up, right? Correct. I mean, and, and the reality is, is that people are much more receptive to their own ideas than yours. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. That's really all the questions I had, Megan. I, I really appreciate you coming on. I think this was absolutely tremendous, just the value and content here. And um, I'll definitely be sure to 
um, drop your links. Um, I'm sure plenty of companies would be interested in hearing more on the consulting side of things. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And we just rescheduled. There's a couple seminars I'm speaking at coming up. We just rescheduled uh, LeadCon 2020, which is Tony Hody's lead generation seminar. Uh, it was supposed to be in June. We're moving it back uh, to an undisclosed time so far, but that will be late fall. Uh, and so we, that will be coming up as well as Pro Remodelers Extreme Lead Generation Summit, which I'll be presenting at in November in Texas. So um, there's a couple places people can see me. But other than that, you know, the Tony Hody website, if they did want any information on consulting, feel free to fill that out and they'll get that over to me. So, yeah. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, thanks so much, Megan, again. And um, have a great rest of the week. Thanks. Appreciate it, Matt.